One Shiny Podcast is headed to North Carolina for a live show in Durham before the Carolina Duke game on March 9th. The show will be on March 8th, and we have some special guests that will be with us at the Carolina Theater at 8 p.m. on March 8th. Tickets are available at carolinatheater.org as well as via the link in the episode description. Again, that is carolinatheater.org. Theater is spelled T-H-E-A-T-R-E. Um, that is the fancy way to spell it. So go check that out. Again, we'll be live in Durham, North Carolina at the Carolina Theater. I'm very excited about some of the guests that God, I've been I want to say who it is so bad, but I can't. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying our best. We don't want to say anything and then it all fall through, and then people think that I I have led them astray. Um, but uh, very excited about if it the falls show. through. I'll be mad because I'm so goddamn excited about one of these <laughs> yeah. guys. Yeah, please, please. You and me are going to have problems if you can't get this done. Yeah. Today. Oh, man. Uh, the pressure is on, but we're very excited for the show. Appreciate everybody that's bought tickets so far. Um, shout out to everybody that's reaching out that wants to be a part of the show. I am uh, a little concerned about the atmosphere at Cameron Indoor the, the next night because, uh, you know, a lot of people want me to be in that building, Kyle. They want to yell at me. They want to <laughs> get will you not, right where they want you. <laughs> I will not do that. I will not sign up for that. But uh, we will be in North Carolina that weekend. So we're very excited. Uh, we're, we're getting our flights booked, hopefully very oh, soon. Oh, I'm booked. I'm done. I booked You're before booked? they told me. I'm booked. Yeah, I booked before they told me I could book because I was like, oh, I'm not missing God. this. Even if this falls through, I'll be there. So, well, my mom said you're getting Southern hospitality. She is going to give you the full, uh, the the full gamut of good food and good times. So uh, you, you get the full Fraser experience. So uh, everybody that is uh, in North Carolina that weekend, please come join us. We're gonna have some fun times, and uh, we'll see you then. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. On today's episode of One Shining Podcast, we have Brother Bry of Against All Odds to break down Caitlin Clark making NCAA history. Uh, she was incredible. Uh, if you didn't see this, Caitlin Clark with a logo three to set the women's uh, career scoring record. It was insane. And uh, Brother Bry is locked in on all things women's college basketball. So we're going to have him in uh, to be our expert on this. We're also going to talk about um, the tournament ahead for the women's side and just Caitlin Clark in general, the star power that is there. And uh, then we're going to do some conference outright do some fan duel best bets for the rest of the season. So shout out to Brother Bry for coming to the show. We also have dunk champion Mac McClung on the show. Uh, we're fired up to talk to Mac about um, being related to Riff Raff in a past life and uh, what he plans to do in Indianapolis this weekend. So shout out to Mac McClung. Um, Kyle, anything else before we get into today's episode? It's that time of year. We're shouting out Riff Raff. We're shouting out against all odds. We're shouting out Bill Simmons. <laughs> I'm ready for the bump. But first, Woody Durham. Welcome to One Shining Podcast. It is Friday, February 16th, and we just witnessed history last night. And to help us break it all down, you know him from the Against All Odds podcast. He is the great brother, Bri, Brian Sicoli. Great to see you, Bri. What's going on, buddy? It's been a uh, while. Oh, I just love hearing you say that. Anytime I hear you say buddy, it just takes me back to the early days of Against All Odds. Uh, the, the degenerate trifecta, one of my favorite groups of people. I miss you guys. Uh, it's great to be back under the same umbrella again. Can you believe it? I, it it's, took so long. 
It's awesome. It was it was years, but I, I loved it. I loved it. I wish, you know, I'm not not that I don't want my nephew producing our podcast, but yeah, uh, I, I miss you doing it. It's <laughs> quite fun. Yeah. Shout out to Mikey Meatballs. He's uh, he's doing the Lord's work. He's kind of like in our if we have like a production tree here, you know, it's like myself, Kyle, who's producing this podcast and then Mikey Meatballs. We're all kind of falling in line here. You know, we've all worked with Bill or Sal or in that group of guys. So uh, we love to see it and uh, love to have you on the show, because speaking of Bill Simmons, he called me about a week ago, Brian, to give you a little background here. And he said, you need to pivot the show. You need to talk about women's college basketball. All he cares about is Caitlin Clark, Juju uh, out here at USC, yeah. right? And uh, South Carolina with Dawn Staley and that team. I mean, obviously, they have had an incredible year undefeated right now. So I, I went around. I kind of asked Sal. I poked around. I was like, who should I talk to about this? Uh, Harry put his hat in the ring. Harry uh, of Against All Lot said, <laughs> I will be the guy. Um, but it, but cooler heads prevail. And we went back to you, Brother Bry. How much women's college basketball are you locked in on? Like, are you watching uh, uh, games in the same way that maybe we're watching the men's game? Like, wh- where yeah. would you say you kind of Yeah, fall? I would say I will say because my daughter is super into basketball. So I got into right. this. I got into this way back when because my sister used to be a good basketball player. So. So, you know, I got in on those early UConn teams and I feel like every year it's more and more and more. And this year I'm really locked in. I mean, I mean, I hate to say it, Tate, and you probably would agree. Like the women's game right now is so large. I mean, there's the stars on the women's side, just the, the men can't compare right now. Yeah, people got upset with me a couple of weeks ago when I brought that up and I said that the men's side should take some lessons from the way that they've been able to market the stars of the women's game. Um, Caitlin Clark is obviously her own star. You mentioned UConn. I think UConn women's basketball fans are probably the only group of people that are not a fan of the Caitlin Clark uh, yeah, phenomenon. <laughs> they, they're very <laughs> upset about it. Um, but the rest of us were witnessing history and uh, eight points going into the game last night against Michigan. That's all she needed. And she opened this game with eight straight points and then broke the record with the logo three i mean can you script it out any better than that brother bray well you could have you know i bet we we went over this on against all odds right. harry and sal did have caitlin clark to hit a hit a three and a logo three made perfect sense especially when she came out pretty much yesterday before the game and said she wanted to break it on a logo three i was hoping you know i, I like the better odds a little bit from a free throw but it's amazing or incredible that she hits that right it's not like mm-hmm. she's jacking up threes and missing and then finally hits on the fourth or fifth one she almost hits like a running three like the way i mean she totally off balance nails that she goes on to score 23 points in the quarter 49 for the game it was just i mean it was an incredible performance the only thing i would say i'd be a little upset with the coach that she just didn't keep her in to get 50 because it's amazing that for all for these four great seasons of caitlin clark she's never had 50 points which just sounds weird I know she's been close, right? She's had like 47, 48. And obviously she set the Iowa program uh, record last night with 49 points. So she did do that at least. And then I thought it was a great call, by the way. I mean, it's a steal. She gets the basketball. And then the call was, how will she go for history? And then just in the the split second, she goes, there it is. You know what I mean? As she drains (laughs) that three. And they didn't even really stop the game because it was almost so jarring that it happened so quickly. And this is coming on the heels of the Nebraska game where if you were watching that game, you thought, hey, if I bet on her to break the record of the Nebraska game. I'm going to make some good money here because she's definitely going to have eight points in that fourth quarter. She goes cold. They lose that game. Um, There's a lot of frustration after that game. Her head coach was like yelling in the post game about, you know, the the, the Nebraska team did the post game before her. She had to get to a flight. So there's a lot of drama going into this game and she kind of nipped it in the bud from the start. 
and she just kind of handles it perfectly. I, I was trying to figure out like another star. And I think Curry is probably the closest yeah. one where there's universal kind of appreciation for Caitlin Clark, other than the UConn fans that are upset because they're not the the main story right now. It does feel like everybody likes her, right? Yeah, well, this she has become she is Steph Curry, right? She is Steph Curry. And I, I would even say right now, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's a shame. I will say great for Peacock that they had that game just to get some numbers last night. But it is a shame that Everyone did not didn't get to witness that game because she is such a star. She's almost a bigger star right now than the majority of NBA players. I hate to I hate to say that, but it's it's kind of true. Uh, although I will say Harry would have thrown out a conspiracy theory <laughs> that she went 0 for six in the fourth mm. quarter against Nebraska, up 18, and and she she broke the record at home following. You know? Oh, he thinks that it was a setup. <laughs> like she wanted to do it oh, in front of her sure. fans. I, I mean, he didn't say that, but he would he would say. That's why we didn't bring Harry on the show, because we don't have time for these conspiracies. But I appreciate where his head's at. I mean, like you said, 23 points in the first quarter, which I think was like a nice little hat tip to Pistol Pete, yeah. who has the the record, you know, men's and women's in scoring. And now, you know, Caitlin and, you know, Pistol Pete are the two guys or the two people up top right now. There's also the Lynette Woodard caveat that yeah. I want to uh, address because there's been a lot of people, for whatever reason, Brother Brian, people are coming at me every time that I put out like a Fandle thing, like acknowledge Lynette Woodard. So I, I want to say to all the Kansas fans out there, uh, it's the NCAA's fault they don't acknowledge her record. Um, it is not Caitlin Clark's fault. It is not FanDuel's fault. It is not anybody else's fault. But um, have you, uh, you know, how do you kind of parse that reality too? Like she still has a few more points to break that one, but she obviously will. Well, look, yeah, she needs, I think, like 81 to, to break Woodard's record. Although I do find it funny, like if they know the number, why is it unofficial? <laughs> Other right. than maybe, I, I will say, I, I did not go back to the game log back in the late 70s, early 80s. It's possible maybe they were playing like some D3 schools and, you know, it's possible they were put, you know, putting up 60 or 70 in some games. I don't know what the reason is for, but it will be interesting when she breaks her record if they'll make a big thing about that. Because I do think you have to kind of, you still have to somewhat look at that as the record. Uh, and then Maravich, she's only she's only 98 points behind Maravich. So mm-hmm. you have to think there's she has four games left, likely two or three left in the Big Ten tournament. And then you got to assume she's going to play a minimum of three in the NCAA tournament. So she's going to have 10 games left. So I think she's going to beat Maravich by 200 points. Yeah. And, and and then you're looking at, like, can anybody get to the point right. to break this record, especially if she were to come back next year, which is a whole nother conversation right, right, right. where she Please can don't. really, yeah, well, she can, <laughs> she can really stretch it out. And Pistol Pete's record, 3,667 points for anyone at home that's trying to keep up with that number. Uh, I love the Nike ad immediately when she breaks the record and they quote it, you break it, you own it. Yes. Um, I bought the were, t-shirt for my daughter last night. Look at I that. Bought it. I mean, yeah, it I mean, was, it was sold out within about five minutes and then I went on three hours later and there was some more shirts but they don't ship until like april so <laughs> which is kind of funny it reminds me of steph curry when they beat georgetown remember the witness t-shirts that nike put yeah. out with like the davidson wildcats and like yeah. they were so hard i remember like trying to find that shirt like on the internet back then and it was just like i need this witness wildcat shirt but it, it was impossible to find nike on top of it also a good thing uh, as far as like the people universally liking uh caitlin clark dawn staley um, she was impressed when she was told in her post-game press conference that Caitlin broke the record. I mean, especially when they told her she had 23 in the first quarter. She was just like, yeah. dang, um, that's ridiculous. And then Angel Reese, 
uh, congratulated her. Obviously, they had their little rivalry last year, yeah. but she said congrats on making uh, herstory uh, instead of history. So shout out to Angel Reese. So it, it does feel like everybody's kind of rowing in the same direction with Caitlin Clark, which is encouraging because last year it almost felt like a house divided. Yeah. Yeah, well, you you could say, yeah, between Reese, right? I mean, Reese said that. But I, I think they were still somewhat friendly, even though it was just, it was more of a competition there. I will say Dawn Staley, sometimes she gets annoyed by all the Caitlin Clark hype because of how, you know, I, I do think South Carolina doesn't get the credit they deserve over the last couple of years, although yeah. Iowa then beat South Carolina last year anyway. So I'm sure she got the credit after after that game. Yeah, we saw at the wooden uh, ceremony, Kyle and I were there last year. Uh, they had Caitlin and Dawn Staley kind of do like a little uh, Q&A together. And the way that Caitlin was basically like giving all the kudos and all the flowers to Dawn Staley, she kind of killed her with kindness. And Dawn Staley in that moment, I could tell she was like, <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to be, you know what I mean? Contentious with this girl, yeah. but I can't because damn, like she's given all the right answers. And that's kind of the Caitlin yeah. Clark experience, um, which yeah, leads yeah. me to my next question to you, brother, Bri. Can Iowa win it all? Um, do, do we think that they are good enough this year to actually win the national championship? Well, look, you know, I thought last year, I, th- I picked them to win their region, I remember, but I never thought, I never thought they could beat South Carolina, although South Carolina had one of the worst shooting tournaments. I mean, they could not hit a three for their life. So I, I will say this year, look, South Carolina's dominant, but I think the tournament is a little bit more wide open. I, I do think there's 10 or 12 teams potentially who could get there, especially to the finals. But the one thing I'll say is for as good as Clark was or has been, uh, you know, last year they snuck up on teams. This year mm-hmm. is going to be a little bit tougher. So I will say when you go back to last year's season, they also had Monica Zanano, who was really good for them. Like she was very good for them in the post, but she graduated. The team this year just doesn't have that inside presence. So they're going to have to rely on great three-point shooting for six games which is going to be really tough here. So, you know, they have some up, tough upcoming games against Indiana and Ohio State and the Big Ten still coming up. So I think we'll see how good they are. If they finish out the season winning those last four, they definitely can make a run. I, I just, I'm hesitant to say, unless Caitlin is great, great, she has to be great in all six games for them to win, which is going to be very tough. And FanDuel has the odds, if you're looking at the odds right now, to win the national championship. South Carolina, the favorite at plus 100. LSU, uh, plus 600. Iowa, plus 950. Stanford, plus 1400. UCLA, plus 1600. And UConn, plus 1900. There's also another bet there. Uh, you can take South Carolina, plus 100, or the field, minus 125. Ooh, Is it worth it just to take? Would you just take South Carolina at this point? I mean, because they're yeah. defensively, they just look like a juggernaut. <laughs> well, I will say, yeah, defensively, they are awesome. Uh, they cost me, South Carolina cost me, I, they must have cost me more money than anybody in basketball this year. I lost thousands and thousands and thousands <laughs> of dollars on them. I had them all over the place to win. The only thing I will say about this team, this South Carolina team, is they are dominant defensively. But they just don't have, I mean, Cardozo's their main scorer. I think she's averaging like 14 a game. She is, she's not, you know, she's a big presence inside and they're tough inside. They have a lot of size, but they don't have a, a go-to scorer. Like last year, they had Aaliyah Boston to go to. Mm-hmm. And kudos to Aaliyah Boston. She did the halftime and post-game show yet le- last night and she was phenomenal. She's she great, was, yeah. She was one, one year out of college. I mean, how good is she for a 23-year-old? But, you know, just to say last year, they had that girl to go to. This year, I don't know if they do. So I still, I had a lot of money on LSU coming into the season, 
Uh, you know, they played really well against South Carolina last time out. I thought they should have beat South Carolina. So I still kind of like LSU at six to one or plus six fifty. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know with South Carolina. It's really tough. They're, I, they're definitely going to get to the final four. I think it's just a question of if they have enough offense to win it. And I like the Tennessee was up at halftime last night and and the halftime interview, they were talking about, uh, you know, how do you attack South Carolina? And basically Tennessee's outlook was like, you just can't be afraid to get your shot blocked. Uh, That's pretty much the way to approach South Carolina. And if you can just get past that where you're just like, we just have to keep going to the basket and accept the fact that we're going to get swatted a few times and kind of get over the shock of how good and the size of South Carolina, you can, you know, maybe get in their head a little bit. So Tennessee showed a little bit of a blueprint in that first half last night, but South Carolina obviously answers the bell. But it's going to be a fun tournament. Last year's tournament, last year's Final Four on the women's side was way more dramatic, was way more interesting um, than the men's side. And I think that's why Bill Simmons is like, I'm locked in on women's (laughs) basketball. I mean, I I think it's great. I mean, it's great. I mean, I will say, again, I've been following women's basketball forever. Sometimes I used to get shit for it, but um, it's great. I mean, I'm, I'm so glad it's come full circle here. And how big it's gotten, especially again, I I have a 13 year old who is super into basketball. So like she wants to become what these girls are. So it's it's great seeing it. Yeah, I love to see it. And uh, Caitlin Clark right now projected to be the number one pick in the WNBA draft to go to Indiana, which kind of feels like the perfect state for her to go to. Um, I don't want to read too much into it, but I, I feel a lot of people are saying like, what happens when she goes to the WNBA? Does she lose kind of the allure? We saw it with Sabrina when she went to, you know, the Liberty in New York, but she still has intrigue and interest. But I think if Caitlin goes to Indiana, those people are going to adore her. And we might even hear more about her, right? Am I crazy to feel that way? Well, it's funny because at first you would think like uh, Indiana fever, like blah, like this isn't this isn't great for the WNBA. You'd want her in kind of one of the major cities. But I do think it's perfect, right? Like in the Midwest, mm-hmm. right? I, and they're going to form like, again, Leah Boston was the first pick last year for them. So the two of them combined, they're going to be good quick. Like this team is all of a sudden going to go from the bottom in the league to towards the top in a year or two. So I do think it's good, especially in the Midwest. She's just she's going to be just as big there. And again, it a lot of this has to do with marketing, right? The WNBA is starting is continuing to get bigger. There's going to be, you know, at some point there's going to be some expansion. Women are starting going to start getting paid a lot more because uh, the rights right fees are generally cheaper here. So. You're just going to see the game grow and grow and grow. And obviously, Caitlin Clark uh, is a huge part of this. If you told me two years ago, I would have told you Paige Beckers was the reason that the WNBA was going to be big in two or three years. Um, and it's amazing that ha- how much it's kind of flipped, even though Clark has been awesome now for four years. Yeah, one that was my last thing. Uh, FanDuel put this tweet out, which I thought was very fascinating. But they put Caitlin Clark versus Paige Beckers. Who wins one-on-one? And then there was a lot of commentary uh, about this. So I figured I'd ask you, uh, on behalf of our friends at FanDuel, who wins? Well, I think you'd have to go Caitlin at this point. I, I will say Paige Beckers, I think, has a much better mid-range game. Uh, Caitlin, though, her range is <laughs> so far out. I right. mean, that's what makes her so difficult to guard. Like, when you can shoot from 35, 40 feet out, uh, it's, 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 it's much tougher. And, and right now, I, again, Caitlin, the difference too, I think is she's just been healthier. Paige has that very, very, very thin, frail body here. So I hope that holds up for her. She puts on a few pounds. 
Yeah, I love AZ FUD too. I, I know everybody talks about Paige Beckers, but uh, AZ is kind of my favorite. Yeah, she's my favorite well, one. She's another one, unfortunately. I mean, unfortunately for that girl, she's had, you know, like four or five major knee surgeries. So it's just become tough for her. Yeah. Uh, well, let's flip to the men's side. Uh, and I thought that was a great conversation. Hopefully Bill Simmons will appreciate that. Hopefully <laughs> Harry's not too upset that he wasn't a part of that. Let's look at the one seed space on the fan to odds right now. Purdue minus 9,000, UConn minus 6,000, Houston minus 500, Arizona minus 280. Um, do you think those will be the four one seeds or is there someone on the outside looking in, Brother Brian, that you think may, maybe could sneak in, uh, you know, Tennessee, Iowa State, Marquette, North Carolina, some of those teams on the outside looking in? Um, well, that's a good <laughs> question here. You know, I, I would leave it up to you to answer the North Carolina one just because they are fading. They, mm. They're fading here. So, I, I kind of like it, brother, Brian. I, I, I needed people to get off the scent a little bit. Uh, right. I think no, it's a good I, I spot agree. to be in. I agree. You're usually not the most positive on them. So I think, yeah, they need to come down just a hair. Uh, but yeah, I don't look at them. Iowa State is an interesting one, right? Plus 400. Because yeah. Plus 400. I mean, that's something to look at because, you know, I was looking at those regular season odds between Houston and Iowa State. And I, I know Iowa State goes to Houston upcoming, which is obviously a huge game. But the remainder of Iowa State's schedule really isn't that bad. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. And, and you look at Houston. Houston still has to go at Baylor, at Oklahoma, home against Kansas. So there's a that's going to be a tough stretch here. So I think you're going to see a lot of these teams, I think, lose two or three games potentially over the next couple of weeks. So some of these could fall. Houston is the one. I love them. I thought they were going to win the championship from the start of the season. Uh, but I could see Iowa State too slipping in there a little bit. I mean, I guess they both could be one seeds. I mean, it's not impossible. But and I wouldn't be shocked if the Big Twelve has two one seeds, right? Just with yeah. the way that the conference is kind of revered yeah. uh, from the outside. Sure. Um, I think people would, you know, see that and they kind of like, okay, that makes sense that the Big Twelve would have two number one seeds. And Iowa State, TJ Otzelberger, there's a lot of uh, you know jobs that are going to be opening up in the offseason, and a lot of people talking talking about Otzelberger and where he's going to fit in. So. It'll be an interesting conversation. Let's look at some of the conference outright winners that are the races are still going on. We can start with the ACC right now. Carolina minus 290. Duke there at plus 240. Then Virginia plus 1500 kind of falls off from there. North Carolina has to play at Cameron Indoor, um, which could be kind of the rubber match to see who is going to win the regular season in the ACC. Is it worth taking Duke there at plus 240? Just knowing they have to go to Cameron. You're asking me, but I would say Duke at plus 40. Why wouldn't I take them right Right right. now with the way with the way North Carolina is playing right now? Again, you just they they lost to Harry's Q's team the other day. Um, You know, they still have to go to Virginia, too. Right. You you and at Virginia. Right. You know, and I mean, I doubt I mean, Virginia's plus 1500. I doubt they could make they'd have to run the table pretty much, uh, which would be tough. But, you know, Duke does have a tough stretch. Because uh, they still right, they still have to go play Wake and some of those teams. But uh, I do think plus two forty is the better value. I don't. The one thing I know for sure is I don't think I would put UNC on a bet at minus two ninety. I, I definitely I, I like Duke at plus two forty. I just for sure would not bet UNC at minus two ninety. Yeah, hard. if you can get plus money, um, I think it's worth it. And honestly, ever since Armando Baycott said the ACC runs through him, I do feel like that has changed <laughs> the tenor of the season. Especially when you think about it, if you kind of work it backwards, you're like wait a second, R.J. Davis is the ACC player of the year, but then the other guy on his team is saying that it runs through him. 
uh, it was a very strange quote. I didn't even see the quote until like two days after the fact. And um, since then, it has not been running through him, Brother Bryce. So yep. the ACC, I think Duke, there's great value there. Uh, the Big 12 is the other one. Uh, we were talking about it a little bit before, but Iowa State plus 200. Houston's the favorite at minus 180. But I think Iowa State, the way that the schedule breaks, I mean, at plus 200, great value there, right? Well, that's what I was just saying before, too. I mean, that's the thing. Them at plus 200. And, and look, in that conference, it's amazing. Who would have ever thought Kansas would be plus 2,500 at any Crazy. point in the season, right? It, even in down years, it just seems like they're still probably going to win. I know the conference is different this year, but look, the thing is, Iowa State does go to Houston. But the thing is, like I was just saying, is like they could potentially lose that game and Iowa State could. I mean, look, if they win that game, Iowa State, they're going to win that. They're pretty much going to win the conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they could lose that game. And if if Houston has a tough stretch, again, at Baylor, at Oklahoma, home against Kansas, they still could potentially sneak in there. So there's kind of two ways for them to get in there. So I do like the plus 200 odds. And Kevin McCullough being out obviously changes kind of the trajectory of Kansas. But if he gets for healthy sure. and comes back and gets them on the right track, I mean, it's going to be tough. Uh, let's look at the Mountain West. It's another fascinating conference. I mean, three teams in play here. Utah State, the favorite, plus 130. San Diego State, plus 195. And New Mexico, plus 420. Is it worth taking the Aztecs there, plus 195? I still think that they're the best team. Yeah, no, look, and I would say that for sure. I think San Diego State, a plus 195. And look, you'll have to tell me for some of this. I'll be honest here, Tate. Like, some of these, if you look at all of these conferences, they are so close, and you look at the the trajectory of the last couple of weeks. Like the tiebreakers are, are are really tough in some of these to figure out. Like what will happen if they lose one more game or win here? But I do think San Diego State a plus one ninety five. I thought that was the the good play in in, in this conference for sure. Yeah, I like it. And uh, the Mountain West, I mean, right now, Joe Lenardi, uh, Mr. Bubble Boy himself, I mean, he's got six Mountain West teams at the tournament. So it's obviously a very competitive conference. Uh, Last one, looking at conference outrights, SEC, Alabama, the favorite, plus 130, Auburn, plus 210, Tennessee, plus 230. And then a a precipitous drop-off, Kentucky, plus 5,500. So they're not really even in the mix. Who do you like amongst those top three, Auburn, Alabama, or Tennessee? I think right now, I think Alabama is in a, is in a good spot. I think uh, they got some tough ones, but I think they're in the best spot when you look at a few of these other teams. Tennessee right now, uh, even though they're plus 230, their last few games, they have a really tough stretch. Their last like three or four games when I was looking at it. So I think ba- Bama's in the best shape. So I'd probably lean them. One thing I would ask you is I know South Carolina was god awful against Auburn the other day but right. at 20 to 1 is looking at their schedule is there some value there am i missing something cuz they're 20 to 1 i was just like that's pretty good value considering the teams they have left it does feel like the 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 FanDuel odds makers uh they watch that Auburn game and they're like these guys have no chance right, exactly. but they don't really factor in the fact that the jungle is like a 15 20 point advantage anyway you know what For i mean sure. so that game was just a, a little bit ridiculous and also that was the first time i think South Carolina got treated like a top 15 team by another team um and they and they got really just wrecked by Auburn to say the least but yeah i think South Carolina is fascinating i like Lamont Paris 
I think if they can keep him from, you know, taking interviews and getting tampered with and staying focused on the season, that that could be some good value. So I feel like that was a little knee jerk from uh, the odds yeah, makers exactly, there on exactly. South Carolina. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it was pl- closer to like 12 to one before that game or something like 10. To yeah, one exactly. Game, but. And uh, everybody knows uh, it's a little bit different. Kyle's uh, reaching out to us about Marquette at plus 750. Marquette obviously playing UConn this weekend in the Big East. UConn heavy favorites to win the Big East. And this would be the first time they've done it since 2006, which is pretty shocking. Um, is it worth just taking uh, UConn? Obviously, the odds aren't very favorable there. Or do you take a big swing on Marquette, potentially? Uh, look, I had, uh, this was one of the bets I'd given out on against all odds. I had taken UConn to win the conference, the regular season conference. I think they were like plus 300 or plus 270 or something to start the season over Mar- over Marquette um, or and Creighton. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. They're... It's hard for me. I mean, UConn is just so well-rounded. They can beat you so many different ways. They have good size. I mean, their shooters are great. And like Marquette, I, I've seen enough of them this year where at times I have not been too excited about them, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I know they're one of the better teams, and uh, but I, there's been some games here with Marquette I, I, in, in the Big East that I haven't been too comfortable with. So I'd still say, you know, UConn pretty easily. I feel the exact same way. I feel like I've seen too much of Marquette uh, where I almost nitpicked them more than I have in the past. And, uh, you know, even when Sean Jones went down, I think that had some some impact on the scene. But Cole playing great basketball, going to be first team All-American. So um, but I also think Dan Hurley is focused on winning the regular season. He wants that banner. He wants that kind of, uh, you know, another little check mark. So there you go. Let's do some in or out. Um, They got odds here for for teams to make the tournament. St. John's, yes, to make the tournament is at plus 154. No, minus 210. What say you, Brother Bri? You're in New York. You think St. John's will be in the dance? No, definitely not. Unless I'm I'm going no, unless for some reason, you know, unless, again, the Patino factor, there's a lot of pull. They go on They'd have Tate. They have to go on a run in the Big East tournament, right? They have to make I mean, the championship, probably, right? Or right, at least the exactly. Semifinals. They're yeah. floundering, and for them, yeah, that's gonna that's a tough stretch. And when they go on the road, pretty much, you don't know what you're getting from Soriano. And mm-hmm. when they go on the road, they're they're just they're just a different they're a different team. So I, I think neutral, you know, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna struggle. I. I you know, and I, I think they pretty much again they have enough losses here where they can only maybe lose you know one or two more. After that, they're they're done. And it's crazy that the Big East now it feels like they have like five teams on the bubble. You know what I mean? There's right. like three or four teams in, but then like four or five teams on the bubble. One of those other teams, Villanova, right now, Villanova to make the tournament. Yes, plus one sixty eight. No, minus two thirty. Uh, do you think Villanova will make the NCAA tournament? Uh, I mean, they, I know they've been a little bit better, but I would say that's another one I would say no, Tate. Although, again, yeah. there's there's going to be some Big East team is going to fall in there, right? Because they probably are going to maybe win a couple games in the tournament. But, but I, again, they started off so poor. They had that stretch where they were poor. So I, I don't think they fight their way back. I know it's crazy. Like if you had said in December, early January that uh, St. John's and Villanova would not be in the tournament. I mean, these these old Big East heads, they'd bite your head off. You know what I mean? Right. They're like, of course, they're going to be in the tournament. You know what I mean? So uh, right. I, I did find that fascinating. Shout out to FanDuel for the odds. Last one, Wake Forest, uh, who's top 35 in the net to make the tournament. Yes, is minus 270. No, plus 194. What say you, brother Brian? Well, see, I'm going with all the favorites here. I would definitely I would definitely say yes. Right. They definitely have some good wins there in the ACC. They have a, a couple, you know, a couple big games coming up as well. A few, few big ones at home here, but um, yeah, they're too good, I think, to to not make it. 
Yeah, Lenardi has them right now first four uh, or last four in, I believe. So yeah. I, I think they're going to be a little bit above that because the committee typically, I think, wakes more like an eight, nine um, than yeah, they are like right. an 11 seed. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, you're going to go see Montverde play, right? I mean, we, yeah. we talked about women's basketball. Now we're going to talk about high school basketball, which is really the talk of the town out here in Los Angeles. What are you expecting to see in this game? Well, look, so the Montverde's playing Luhai. So Luhai is located, they're only 20 minutes from me. So I've seen Luhai play before. I, I go to see them every once in a while. I, I go actually, actually, I'm going to the Luhai Montverde girl game first, the wow. girls first. Uh, and then we're going over to Hofstra to watch the boys play. But they, look, it's a rematch from probably about a month and a half ago, these two teams played. And, uh, you know, Luhai hung tough for the first, Luhai is probably ranked about fifth right now in the country as well. But they they hung tough for the first half. But after that, Montverde just pulled away. Like this Montverde team is pretty extraordinary. They're pretty dominant, right? I mean, Cooper Flag, Liam just, McNeely. Yeah, right. yeah. I, I didn't even want to just toss out Cooper Flag because I didn't want it. I didn't want it to be like, yeah. Well, of course, everybody knows Cooper Flag, right? Uh, for Montverde, but yeah, they have some other really good players like the kid Queen and stuff like that. And then Luai, yeah. you know, again, Luai has, you know, seven, eight legit D1 basketball players. VJ Edgecombe's going to Baylor next year. So um, he he is probably, he's actually just as fun to watch. I think he's one of the best athletes I've ever seen in high school, just athleticism. And, and uh, so it's going to be fun to watch them uh, in person. But I would, my guess is going to say Montvert. I'm rooting for Luhai, but I'm going to say Montvert wins this one by 11. Yeah, Montverde is like a super team in high school, which yeah. is, uh, you know, it's like them, prolific prep, right? I mean, there's a bunch of teams like that where you're like, how do you guys have four guys going to, you know, top tier programs? And I do like VJ going to Baylor, feels like a match made in heaven. Even Cooper Flagg going to Duke feels like a match made in heaven. Liam it McNeely does. going to Indiana uh, with his headband on shooting threes feels like a match made in heaven. So it'll be a fun game. And also in L.A., like I said. Everyone talks here about Harvard Westlake and Campbell Hall. And I mean, it, it's all about high school basketball, brother. Brian. Nobody cares about the Lakers. Yeah, Nobody yeah. cares about UCLA and USC. They just want to talk about high school basketball. It's well, crazy. Yeah, it should be high school basketball. I know you guys have good girls high school basketball out there as well. And and look, the Pac-12 too. Right. For women. I mean, for men, for men, terrible. But for women, really good. I mean, between, you know, obviously you have that stretch there between, you know, Stanford, UCLA, uh, USC, uh, which is really fun right now. So, uh, yeah, a lot of good basketball for you guys out there. Yeah, I think the Pac-12 women's, I mean, I think they have seven teams in the top 25 or something ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Tara they, Vanderbeer, they Stanford team, number three, yeah. Yeah, I will say Stanford will be interesting because I usually like them once it comes tournament time. They ha they're a team that has, again, they have a ton of size, so they're, they'll be they'll be difficult for teams. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, you know, obviously you have, you know, UCLA has three or four top girls, obviously USC Kiki, uh, with uh, Juju Watkins will be uh, will be fun to watch coming up in the tournament. And that's the thing, too, like all these teams like USC, Juju Watkins, Stanford, Cameron Brink. I mean, there's kind of like a star, you know what I exactly. mean? That kind of well, packs the punch on every team. Well, this is what happened. Well, I, I know Juju Watkins is different because she's a freshman, but I will say, please, women's basketball, keep your current format because this is what makes it so great right and this is the allure we lost in the men's game right when 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 the women are playing at least three years three or four years right uh versus you know one and done like if you got to a point on the women's side which i'm sure at some point they'll be calling for wanting to have one and done uh it will significantly hurt it's going to significantly hurt the game right. but i will say also too WNBA just doesn't have enough teams so you kind of have to 
you kind of have to play a little bit longer. But when there becomes more expansion, then they're going to be calling in 20, you know, in 10 years, they're going to be calling for, you know, girls out of high school. I'm sure the, how good that some of them are getting. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's kind of funny. It's like every league tries to copy each other. It's like college wants to copy NBA. NBA wants to copy college. Women's game wants to copy men's game. Men's game, women's, you know, it's like everybody's yeah. trying to do what the other one's doing instead of just being like, this is who we are. But I do right. think the women's game have figured something out with the familiarity, with the star power, and just yeah, the, the sure. narrative and the storylines that go into these games. Brother Bri, you're the best. Uh, where can we find all your work and then we'll let you go enjoy your Friday? Uh, I'm at the Brother Bri on Twitter or X, whatever they call it anymore. <laughs> uh, I will say you were talking you were talking about Instagram before with uh, Jim Cunningham. I, I still oh, don't man. have a great Instagram account. Out. I, I got to have one at some point. But, well, but maybe that's what's honestly, stopping me. Maybe that's what's I w- stopping me. I was going to say, if you get an Instagram account, Jim Cunningham is sending memes 24-7. So Godspeed. Uh, good luck to you. Appreciate you coming on the show, man. We'll have you back as we get closer to March. And uh, hopefully we'll have Harry back too. Uh, you know, yeah. Or we're on for the first time. And he can talk about some of his uh, yeah, thoughts. Yeah, let's get him, on. get him on for some <laughs> conspiracy theory uh, women basketball in Grand great. Canyon he loves Grand Canyon <laughs> that's that's the one team he wants to talk about so there you For go sure. brother Brian you're the best thanks man all right thanks Nate College basketball season is heating up, and FanDuel wants you to join in on all the action. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets when your first $5 bet wins. That's $150 extra bucks to bet anything from point spreads to money lines to who's going to win it all. If you go right now to FanDuel Sportsbook, you can see all the futures for the Final Four National Championship. So if it's a team that you believe in, now is the time to take them on the women's side. You can take South Carolina plus 100 to win the national championship. They're undefeated. Makes a lot of sense to me. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to join than now. The app is easy to use, and when you win, you get paid instantly. So visit FanDuel.com OSP and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 or older in president select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinker.com RG. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Joining us now on One Shining Podcast, you know him from his days in college basketball playing for Patrick Ewing at Georgetown. I have my uh, Patrick Ewing bobblehead right next to me uh, or playing for Coach Beard at Texas Tech. Or you might know him as the slam dunk champion in the NBA. He's the great Mac McClung. Mac, great to see you, man. Man, great to see you. I appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, I want to talk to you about this. Uh, this is a college basketball specific show, as you know. So we like to talk about college basketball. I wanted to figure out like kind of where your loyalty lies, uh, if there is any loyalty that lies. You know, I mean, you played at Georgetown for Coach Ewing, like I said, played for Coach Beard at Texas Tech. Are you one of those guys where you're just like pulling for the best game possible? Or do you have like some sort of affinity for a team that you grew up liking? Let's start there. Man, you're you're hitting me with the tough questions. Early. I know. I'm sorry. I came out the gate hot, hot for you. I apologize. I, I truly have love for both of them. Um, Good. I, um, you know, that's the right were, answer. Yeah, they were great for me and whatever and for different parts of my life. And man, I I truly loved where I ended up in Lubbock uh, with Texas Tech, and I I will visit there a lot. And you know, even till today, I still talk to Patrick Ewing. He'll text me here and there and check up on me. So I have a great relationship with both with both parties. It's actually better. It's actually smart. Like in the transfer portal era that we live in now, Mac, you can kind of uh, 
create a bigger fan base by being able to go play here for a couple years. And then once that changes, you can go somewhere else and play. That's kind of the new landscape landscape of college basketball in general. Um, are you watching college basketball? That's always what I ask guys that are playing the G League in the NBA. It's tough to kind of keep up with the games or do you do your best to keep up with as much as you can? Obviously, Texas Tech just blew out Kansas the other night. Yeah, man, I love uh I can't say I watch a ton. The games I most watch, surprisingly, are Elon and Miami, Ohio. My two <laughs> best friends play for Miami, Ohio, and Elon. So I'm really tuned into those games more than any games. Hell but I'm yeah. watching some Texas Tech when I get a chance. Shout out to my Elon Phoenix, man. I, I did not expect a Mac McClung shout out to the Elon Phoenix, but uh, we love to see that. Um, I just kind of want to get like pick your brain a little bit. I know when you first came out, there was a lot of people that was like Mac McClung. He's at Georgetown. They were singing Post Malone, White Iverson to you. That was like a, a big moment in time. Um, like who did you kind of model your game after? or Who do you currently model your game after? Or are you kind of one of those guys that's like, I'm Mac. I do Mac. I do me. And that's just kind of what it is. Yeah, I think um, I definitely try to be myself, um, but at the same time, I steal from everybody. I try to steal from a little bit of like people who are, you know, different athleticisms and different heights. Like you can see people use their body in different ways. And just I feel like as much as I can take from each players, even players I play with in the G League, I'm like, oh, man, like I could use that. So I think the biggest thing is I just try to keep keep taking things from everybody. Yeah, I like that. Take a little bit of something from, from everybody's game, and then you make your game better. Uh, last year, you were one of the great stories in all of basketball, whatever level, international, domestic, whatever it is. I mean, you come in, uh, you know, as a G League guy, you come into the dunk contest, uh, you know, you're wearing the Sixers jersey, you go and win the dunk contest. And as the the contest was kind of unfolding, Mac, you could see like Dominique Wilkins, his eyes kind of perk up. You could see, you know, Dr. J sitting on the sidelines. He's like, oh, wow, we, we got a good one. You know, it kind of felt like the first time the contest had had some juice since like 2016 with Zach Levine. Um, did you realize that in the moment that you were kind of getting the attention of all these guys who are the greats at dunking the basketball? Yeah, I mean, I felt a ton of love in the arena. I just remember like I had my first dunk and just like I felt the arena like kind of just feel me. You know, they're like, OK, mm. like and it just like it was incredible, man. I, it felt like I was out there for 20 seconds and then it was all <laughs> over. But it was it was it was awesome to talk to those people after and just kind of have a little um, support from them was really cool. Did you have a dunk contest guy like was there, was there someone that you grew up watching or dunk contest you had watched as a kid that you were like, I I, I want to kind of model it after that moment. Maybe Vince Carter, 2000, even like Jay Rich, you know, back in the day, early 2000s as well. Or is it more of a I don't want to see other guys because it could kind of, you know, mess up my own creativity in my own head. I definitely Jay Rich. Also, that's a great shout out. Jay Rich was incredible in the mm -hmm. dunk contest. But um, back yeah, to back was, champ, I'll, Mac. Yeah, man. He could be man. you. Uh -huh. I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully. But he uh, I, would, I would watch all the contests just to see how things were kind of judged and how players would put their dunks in certain categories. So I can't lie and say I didn't do a lot of research and try really hard. And this year, the same. I mean, I've I've worked really hard. It was almost harder this year just because I'd used most of my dunks. But um, with my team and Chuck, who's all helped me, I'm so excited. But this year, I hopefully I can make my dunks. There's some dunks in there that I think there's three dunks that haven't ever been done in the dunk contest. And two, I don't think anyone I've never seen anyone do. So hopefully I can make them and, and bring some 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 juice back to it. 
I like I like that. I like that you're trying to go outside the box. I was going to ask you, like, how much do you think about the prop part of it versus the dunk part of it? Because there obviously there is some some sort of blurred line there where, you know, I mean, I remember Dwight Howard. He got the Superman cape out. Right. And that was, you know, when you have the fanfare, that always adds some intrigue to it. And you got to kind of play to where you are. You're going to be in Indianapolis. But do you worry about the prop aspect and like trying to get the crowd involved? Or are you just saying technically I want to worry just about the dunks? Um, I think for me, I worry, I think you have to have a little bit of props here and there, but I don't think I have, I have enough charisma to have like the big Superman. I don't have that charisma, right. but um, definitely a little bit uh, of props in there to keep it exciting. But most the biggest focus on me is the dunks and try to have that be its own art kind of, and uh, hopefully, hopefully it'll speak for themselves. And I think that's when kind of, I enjoy watching the dunks the most. Well, last year you did it as a sixer. Uh, you won the dunk contest for them, so that was a big plug for the sixer. Shout out to them. This year you'll be doing it under the Orlando Magic banner. They've only had one guy win the dunk contest, Dwight Howard. Um, the Magic, I mean, obviously, you know, you got the G League connection too as well. You're back and forth. But is there like some some push within the organization where they want to support you a little bit because they want to add another, you know, dunk contest to their, uh, this would be their second dunk contest winner ever? Yeah, um, no, they've been very accommodating and supportive throughout this process, getting me help and, you know, make sure I got all access to the gyms. And um, yeah, I mean, I mean, my teammates, I'll probably bother them the most, just showing them all the dunks. Like, is this good enough? You like, is this is this good enough? No, but no, everybody's been so supportive, man. I'm I'm really lucky on that aspect. Yeah, you're the favorite right now. We have the FanDuel odds, and uh, the, the FanDuel believes that you can go back-to-back, be back-to-back Mac. I don't I don't want to put that too much uh, you know, in your face, but that's good news that they believe uh, they saw something last year. Um, from the Indiana side of this, right, you got to kind of placate the audience a little bit. Um, I have some options for you that I think you could do that could get the people fired up. One, you could always pull out the Indiana State Larry Bird jersey. You know what I mean? Like, that would always be a nice little, like, tip of the cap. The Indiana people are going to love that. Um, another thing you could do because Indiana, they love fundamentals. Maybe the first thing you do, Mac, instead of missing a dunk, you just lay it in fundamental. You know what I mean? You just do like a nice little layup. You get the crowd, you know, they're, they're kind of rocking. They're saying this guy understands the game. It's not just about highlights for him. But then my third one is a big one. There's this guy at Indiana state. Robbie Avila is his name. He rocks the rec specs. He's six foot 10. Um, he kind of plays like Joker a little bit, Jokic, and, uh, he's a point center. He's six foot 10. I don't know if he's going to be around for for the weekend, but if you could bring him in, Mac, and dunk over him, I think that would be a nice prop piece. And I, I I don't have Robbie's personal contact info, but those are just three things off the top of my head to make Indiana people happy. Man, I appreciate that. I mean, you got some good points there, especially maybe putting some chess passes. You know, just yeah, I'm here. <laughs> fundamentals. That's what they yeah. want. <laughs> but no, that's I'll I'll take those. I will I will I will take those and and think about them. Yeah, just let that marinate in your mind. You don't have to do it, but I, I feel like if Robbie Avila walks out there with the rec specs, the crowd's going to go insane and, and people are going to be fired up about this. Do you know any of the other guys that are in the contest? Like, have you, do you talk to the other guys? Like, what is kind of the gamesmanship there? Like, is it worth reaching out or do you kind of want to just be isolated a little bit? Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've watched these guys since I was a younger kid, especially, you know, Jalen Brown watching his, like, he's incredible. Mm. Uh, Jacob Toppin, man, that kid, he's incredible too. He, I think he's going to do some awesome things. And Hami and Hami, man, I don't think people understand how good Hami is. And, you know, uh, that's why I think this year is just anybody could win. It's just a bunch of just really gamers. You know what I mean? So I think it'll be really exciting. 
yeah, are you excited just to like be in Indianapolis for the weekend? Like how much of that too did it kind of wash over you? Obviously, you know how good of a player you are. You you've always kind of manifested the fact that you're gonna be playing professional basketball. But last year, did it really hit you like when you were there in the moment? You're like, man, I'm I'm around all of these all-stars, all these guys that I've watched play, and now like I'm a part of the show myself. Man, I think the biggest part I realized that was when I got back to my hotel room after the dunk contest, maybe 20 minutes. And I got in the room and it was me and my boys. And we're like, what just happened? Like, what, what is going on here? Like, we felt like, I felt like an imposter. I mean, I, I don't take for granted. I'm truly lucky to be a part of this weekend. And I don't understand, you know, why I, I, I do get to be a part of it sometimes. And I'm just, I'm really grateful, truly. One last thing that I want to hit you with. They made a new movie. Uh, obviously, the original is incredible. Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes, White Men Can't Jump. It's always been a trope for us American white guys. Uh, you know, myself, I grew up uh, as soon as I got to high school, they're like, you're a shooter. You shoot threes. <laughs> you do this. You're a specialist. Um, you know, you have the bounce. You have the athleticism. I think you should have been in White Men Can't Jump, the remake. I just wanted to put that out there. Did anyone reach out to you? Did you ever hear anything about this? Because they needed Mac McClung in the movie. I don't think we ever talked about being in the movie. I think there were some other things we discussed, but um yeah, no, uh, that would have been awesome. I would have really enjoyed that. I think they probably shot the movie way before any of that happened, I'm guessing, but that would have been super cool. Well, they um, had Jack Harlow in the movie, and uh, you know they were saying that he didn't even play basketball, so I feel like they, they needed somebody out there that could get some hops and, and make something happen. You were my first pick on the board, Max, so just wanted to point that out uh, for everybody out there. Maybe next time, maybe for the sequel, they get Mac McClung involved. Uh, last time I talked to you, I know we we debunked this whole thing, but I always think it's funny. to Has Riff Raff reached out to you uh, since you have won the dunk contest? I know Riff Raff was a big part of your early high school kind of hype. He got you on World Star. Uh, did he reach out when you won the dunk contest? I'm, I'm. See, my, I really didn't even check my messages after the contest. <laughs> so crazy, but um, yeah, like obviously, uh, Riff Raff is not my cousin, but yeah, he, um, I don't have a problem. He's always been super supportive. Like you said, he he wanted to get my name out there, and he wanted the world to see me. So it's not a problem. It's just you know when it comes to, like family, like that is not generally a family member of mine. So it's like, uh, um. I have no problem at all. I think he's, you know, he just wanted to support me, and I appreciate that, honestly. It was a hilarious moment in time, uh, and Riff Raff is a hilarious character. Obviously, Spring Breakers, the movie with uh, Gucci and Selena Gomez and all of them was based on Riff Raff at some level. James Franco playing a version of Riff Raff, and uh, the World Star era was just a great era, and uh, Mac McClung, you were in the height of it, so uh, we love to see that. Speaking of heights, let's talk about your insoles, because this is something that you're trying to make sure people know. Your victory insoles, they are fiber, not foam. Um, this is, uh, you have a sweepstakes for the dunk contest, right? That will be giving away 500,000 in custom insoles. And apparently they're sending us insoles, myself and our producer, Kyle. So shout out to you for that. So fans can now register at victory.com for a chance to win gold victory, carbon fiber performance insoles with a limited edition top cover design featuring Mac and a list of his career accomplishments. So Mac, do you think that the victory insoles are the difference? Are they the reason that you can take that next leap to win the dunk contest again? Man, they are incredible, and I think it's really cool. They're going to give $500,000, like you said. That's a ton that's of insane. metal. I mean, that's <laughs> incredible. So, like, I am like I've, I would I would sign up myself. If you go to vktry.com, sign up, chance to get them. If I win, no pressure on me. But, um, no, it's it's something really cool they're doing. It's something I started wearing, and it's just it's, – and it's an advantage, seriously. 
Can you tell the difference, like the foam versus fiber? Can you like if there's just a regular guy out there, if he puts in the fiber, can he get up a little bit higher for like, you know, maybe a nice little up and under layup? I'm not going to say he's going to dunk, but maybe a little up and under that, that that might be it. Most definitely. I think you like once you get him, you got to try him and let me know how it goes, because they def- they have a spring to him. It's like when you put on the shoe, and it's like, oh, I got a little extra bounce. So, yeah, it's like the it, Nike shocks back in the day. Right. As soon as you put the shocks on, even if you didn't think you could dunk, you, you felt like you could once you put those shoes on. Uh, Mac McClung, you're the best, man. We're going to be pulling for you this weekend. Good luck with everything. And I hope we see you as a back to back dunk champion. Man, I truly appreciate it. Thank you very much. There you have it. Mac McClung. We're pulling for him this weekend in Indianapolis um, in Naptown is what they like to call it. So hopefully uh, Mac McClung makes things happen. Hopefully the insults. You call it Naptown? Naptown. That's what uh, that's like the hip thing to say uh, when you talk about Indianapolis. And the only reason I know that is because I reached out some, to some people and they said, are you going to be in Naptown this weekend? And I had no idea. Maybe because it's a sleepy city. Sounds like a sleepy uh, little village to me. I don't know. I don't know. Well, we've been to, to Naptown together once upon a time, Kyle. So we we know what Indianapolis looks like. Have but, we? Uh, didn't we when we did our tour back in what 2018 or so whatever it was? We did didn't we Blo- drive through? Maybe we drove through. We did Bloomington, Indiana. That was that was for sure good. And then right. I I think I remember about this much of um Louisville. I just remember being yanked out of a car and Titus was like, get up, man. Like I think yeah. he, he was like, it's you time were to- asleep in the back seat. <laughs> I was asleep in the front seat. Titus was uh, you know, just staring, uh, driving us with with <laughs> trying to get us there as quickly as possible. So uh yeah, we we you and I were both asleep for most of our trip there. But uh, great. Maybe that's Nap-town. why it's Naptown. Naptown. Yeah, that's why it checks out. It is Naptown. Uh speaking of uh Mark Titus, let's talk about his alma mater because the first domino, we talked with Kyle Mann about this, the first domino in the coaching carousel thank god we did that show when we did kyle because literally 24 hours later sniff that out yeah the first domino fell chris holtman the head coach of the ohio state buckeyes is no longer the head coach of the ohio state buckeyes shout out to adam uh jardy who covers this for the columbus dispatch but it sounds like chris holtman went to work like it was a regular regular day got to his office and as soon as he walked in he was told to go report to the ad's office gene smith and then gene smith was uh the one that let him know that he is no longer the head coach there and now we have our first major opening and uh, the Jeff Goodmans of the world, the insiders of the world are trying to put Sean Miller there. Kyle, uh, live look at Sean Miller at Ohio State. There's a lot of uh, the press is fully on. Sean Miller um, wants to go to a place that has NIL resources. Ohio State kind of checks the box. I'm not necessarily jumping on the Sean Miller bandwagon. I- I'm going to miss the Sean Miller podcast and Xavier if he does leave. But it does seem like he's the top candidate, Kyle. I don't know if you've seen this news. He, he, if he likes chicken and noodles too, I mean, you've got Nancy right be locked there. In. Yeah, I, I, I feel like it's going to be a guy that understands Ohio. There's a lot of names that have been thrown out. Mick Cronin, obviously, at UCLA is a name that we've heard. Chris Mack, who used to be the Xavier head coach, is another name that has been thrown out there. Um, you know, even got Anthony Grant, who's at Dayton, is a name that has been thrown out there. Wes Miller at Cincinnati is a name. So anyone that has any sort of Ohio ties, um, you are going to be in the conversation to be the Ohio State head coach. John Gross, uh, who's at Akron, is another name. He used to be an assistant coach there for Thad Mata. I, I am fascinated to see how this all plays out at Ohio State. It is going to be an interesting sh- search, but it is impressive that they got ahead of everybody else. Um, They're just trying to basically say, uh, we are the first temple program that is going to get the top head coach on the market. I mean, Nate Oates has been thrown out there. Porter Moser has been thrown out there. Uh, no Will Wade yet, but we'll see uh, if Willie the Kid is a name that gets thrown out there. But, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to our guy, Mark Titus. Hopefully, 
Um, you know, they figure out the future and maybe he even throws his hat in the ring. Uh, Mark Titus, <laughs> Greg Oden, um, that could be a nice duo there in Columbus. So we'll see. There is something to being first, right? There's, especially if you're, if you're like a, a marquee name and not, not a, you know, it's not a Chicago state, no offense, but like, it's, yeah, yeah, there is Good. something to being first. Cause then you're now you're on all the, uh, the headlines, right? And even the coaches that are probably secure that you would want now they're in, now they're in some sort of article on, you know, on these websites as well. So shout out. Lamont, Lamont Paris, another name that's the hot name at South Carolina. His name has been thrown out there as well. Yeah, I mean, DePaul fans were very upset with me uh, that I was talking about them and their search uh, and did not give them the same, you know, credence that they were the first domino. They wanted to be the first domino. I mean, they were the first step. I'm not going to say they were the first domino, but they, they what were the last on the time board. DePaul, DePaul even had dominoes. Like, really? I don't know. I mean, 1980. Shout out to our guy, Mark Aguirre. I, I do think that DePaul, you know, they have some cachet. Hopefully they can make something happen. But Ohio State, all eyes on Columbus, Ohio, as they figure this out. Um, it'll be an interesting search. A lot of uh, planes and, and a lot of conversations about that. So there fact we go. about Columbus. Did you know that they're like, they're, they, um, think, I can't remember if Mark Titus told me this or a guy way before I met Mark Titus told me this, but I've just been repeating this ad nauseum if any, whenever Columbus comes <laughs> up. Is it's got apparently like the dem the demographics most closely resemble the nation of like there's this many black people there's just so many Asians there's just so many whatever so like wow. there it it, be it best mimics the country so in Columbus Ohio that's where all these fast food places try out their new that's where like the McDonald's has weird shit because they're testing it with the people the good people of Columbus um, so yeah I just thought that was interesting that like if you live in Columbus you probably you know go to Wendy's or something because there might be like some some new fancy menu thing that they're testing to see if America would like. Yeah, so. Wendy's breakfast or like Taco Bell breakfast or one of these things is happening. It's like a microcosm of America. So <laughs> when Jimmy go. John starts breakfast, they're going to get it first. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shout out to Columbus. Uh, that, I mean, that's good news. Maybe that's something they sell to the new head coach. You know what I mean? You can get some of the the fresh fast food <laughs> items that are first coming out from new Wendy's. Chick -fil -A. That'd be good. That new Chick-fil-A. Check it out. That would be great. Uh, shout out to the book guy uh, from Detroit Mercy. Um, he was obviously famous on this show for going to all the winless games. Detroit Mercy gets their first win of the season against IUPUI. Um, the book guy was there. He was reading Sea of Greed. Um, that and, wasn't the uh, one guy on the floor? No, he was not the one guy that rushed the court. Uh, I was hoping that they could be one and the same, but uh, <laughs> there was book guy in the crowd. There was guy who stormed the court by himself. Um, that is like something you do to your friends in like middle school. Where you're like, we're going to do this. And then the first and guy they goes, all everybody just points out. and laughs at him. Yeah, they're like, what an idiot. Uh, got his ass. Um, so the book guy, good for him to see a win. Maybe he like poked his head up and saw the final score. That was probably great. And then, like you said, the one guy that uh, decided to storm the court, that was great news. So uh, Detroit Mercy, no longer defeated. They get their first win. Um, MVSU, all eyes on you. You, you. you are now on the clock to get a win this year. Uh, we're pulling for you. So shout out to you. Shout out to FDU, by the way. Uh, players got stuck in an elevator before the LIU game, and they were in there for 15 minutes. They said it was very hot. Um, and they ended up winning the game after being stuck in the elevator. So uh, FDU obviously famously beat Purdue last year as a 16 seed. This year they famously got stuck in an elevator before a game um, against LIU. They do get the win in the end. But um, college basketball, I mean, the stories that you get in this sport are undefeated. Uh, you'll never get anything like it. You'll never, you know, and then FDU's like tweeting like their elevator working. Um, like as kind of like a nice little follow up. So <laughs> great. Uh, I, I did not think that was going to be the case, but uh, good stuff. Also want to shout out Bo Jackson. 
Uh, he was at the Auburn basketball game against yes. South Carolina. Auburn absolutely destroyed South Carolina by 40 points in this game. And Bo Jackson, a fan came down to try to take a selfie with him, and he told the fan to watch the game. He gave him like Bo some knows. fatherly advice. He was like, no, man, watch the game. It wasn't just like a no. He was like, you should be watching this game, man. Right. It was like, this Don't is what you should them. be doing. This yeah. is not how you act. It was a very like a, a, an etiquette moment. You know what I mean? Like this is yeah, not put what him on some game. Doing. Yeah. Right. And, and Auburn famously known as a football school, but Bo knows that they are now a basketball school. So he <laughs> is involved. He is invested. And uh, shout out to him for making that happen. Uh, shout out to Wazoo. Big win over Cal. Miles Rice, Isaac Jones were both incredible in this game. And during the game, they were talking about Wazoo as an 8-9 up against a one seed. And uh, they do kind of have the pieces for an upset. So uh, I don't want to get too excited about Wazoo, but they've won nine of their last 10 games. And Miles Rice looks like one of the best players in the Pac-12 and also one of the best stories in the country. So shout out to them. Um, Shout out to the Maui Invitational 2024. We'll be back at the Lahaina Civic Center. Um, it is official. They announced that it will be back there. So uh, it's going to be a great field. North Carolina is going to be there. UConn's going to be there. Um, if you're looking at that 2024 field, you and I are looking because we want to be there in Maui at the, at the Lahaina Civic Center. So um, great news for everybody involved and for college basketball. Uh, that is Come that on, is FanDuel. We can stuff. gamble on it. Come on, come on, Vandal. People can gamble there. on it. Let's yeah, go. He yeah, sent me to Puerto Rico for no real reason. Let's go to let's go to Maui. Yeah, whatever it takes. You know what I mean? Like that's that's really what it comes down to. But we want to be in Maui. We want to support Maui, and uh, it is the best tournament in college basketball. So we want to be back. Uh, shout out to Xander Rice, game winning three from basically half court against Campbell. Shout out to the CAA Monmouth uh, with a big win there, and. Uh, J.R. Reed, my guy, assistant coach for Monmouth, getting a nice win there. So we'd love to see that. Also, shout out to King Rice. Last one, uh, shout out to Danny Neckel is his name. He is uh, doing the Lord's work. He's a Virginia guy on Twitter. But he tweeted this, and I thought it was great. Clemson has more road wins against top 12 net teams than every team in the Big Ten, SEC, Pac-12, and Mountain West have combined. Um, but yes. Uh, but yet, Joe Lenardi says the ACC is a three to four bid league. Make it make sense. Nobody knows. Um, but it is good stuff. And uh, shout out to Danny doing the Lord's work. A lot of people going at Joe Lenardi's neck. Um, I used to fight these bubble boys. Now I don't even have to. There's a, there's way more people that are fighting the good fight out there. So Godspeed to all of you that are doing that. And, uh, you know, th those are all my shout outs. Kyle, do you have anything else? Um, I I went to look up some college basketball news, but I mean, shout out to Caitlin Clark. She's just yeah, everywhere. She's everywhere. The, the fairly Dickinson elevator is, is mucking up my search. Even on three, <laughs> it's got nothing. Even on oh, three, man. which I, I'm like, you know what? I can just cut through the noise and on three, it's just like coaches Caitlin describing Clark. their struggles or yeah, describing, yeah. describing their struggles against this one. So shout out to on three for just getting super in the weeds with the news. I don't know if you can call this stuff news. Anyway, um, I've got games to watch. So today, yeah, let's do some games to watch. Just today, there's not much. Villanova, Georgetown, I know. Uh, but also, there's Canisius. Canisius, not Canisius. Shout out to that guy on Twitter. It's Canisius Marist. Shout out. They're playing again today. If you got nothing to do, Saturday, I got a bunch do they, for you. Do they play each other every five days? Like, what, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Shout out to the Metro Atlantic. What is that what it's called? The, Met, the Mac? Metro Atlantic? Yeah, anyway. it, it's yeah, it's two a, two A's in there. MAs. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Saturday, you ready? We got Texas Tech, Iowa State. No slouches mm. in that game. Creighton Butler. Yeah, yeah, be a good probably. One. That one's probably tough. Marquette, UConn. That's circled. That's circled and underlined and italics and bold. That's a good that's one. That's gonna Marquette, be a great UConn. game. Yeah, top top yeah. five matchup there in the Big East. Uh, last awesome. year in the Big East and tournament, in the great fucking, game. And the yeah. whole 
in the whole in the whole AP even like if everyone cares right. about the AP. So that's going to be good. We got Kansas, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's mm-hmm. finally ranked. I think that's that should be good. And Kansas is like losing left and right. So uh, we've got Kentucky, Auburn, just for the Monday show. That'll be great. Um, yeah, I might, hey, I might get, I might be active on the text for this one, Kyle. Yeah. I've, I've noticed, I've noticed, I can, I can poke and prod if I make it seem like I'm, if I'm like, wow, that other team is really good, or what's going on with the Kentucky? I know this. He'll be like. I'm sure he's like trying to ex- like not to explode over there. So I'll be I'll be active on the text chat for that one. I think Kentucky fans are very worried about this because yes. the jungle is a different it's a different animal. And uh, like I said, Auburn's like a 20 point favorite at home against anybody. And uh, throwing the fact that they have Kentucky on their jerseys, they're going to be fired up. So uh, Godspeed and good luck to our to our friend Kyle Mann and all the Kentucky fans out there. Nice. And then we've got some state rivals. We got Arizona, Arizona State, and we've got Michigan, Michigan State. That's fun. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah, that'll be good. Jawan Howard, uh, he had some very strange post-game interactions. Uh, He told Illinois, you're welcome for Terrence Shannon being there. That's so weird. Very strange to say. He Definitely the weird guy to use, right? I mean. Yeah, very. Yes, yes. With all the implications there, very strange to say you're welcome. And then at the end of his press conference, he said that he was in the hospital for 15 days and thought he was going to die. So every day that he is coaching basketball is a great day. Um, Way to buy yourself some time, John. Well, I mean, it it is a very fair point. Um, But but it is, like I said, uh, it seems like Michigan is going to, Ward Manuel, their AD said they're going to stand pat with him. He's going to be their head coach. So Ohio State makes a move. Michigan seems like they're not going to make a move. They're going to stay with the system that is Juwan Howard. He said he is the system, very similar to James Harden. So uh, the Michigan system moves on. And And Michigan State, that'll be good. Nice. Shout out to Troy. We got one game on Sunday. There's some Sunday seems like it's like one of those. uh, 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 What is that? Ivy League days. But we do have Seton Hall, St. John's. And I think that's the best game of Sunday. And uh, I think those are both two scrappy teams and they both kind of need these wins. If we're if we're, you know, they're they're both bubble teams, right? Seton Hall is would not be considered in the tournament, but they could be right. Just like any of these other ones. They're on the right side of the bubble, I think. And I think that St. John's is on the bad side of the bubble. So. I mean, Shaheen Holloway versus Rick Pitino is going to be a great game. Love Shaheen Holloway. It's, yeah, I just yeah, love yeah. these Big East coaches. I say it all the time. I just like like Kim English. I like all these guys. I think uh, what a great what a great league for coaches. It's very old Big East, um, and the new Big East is old Big East. So we love to see it. It's good stuff in college basketball. Some great games to watch. Hope everybody's tuning in. Also this weekend, you got NBA All Star. Uh, you got the Genesis Invitational out here at Riviera. I'm going to be there on Sunday. Hopefully, Tiger Woods will be playing. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, dudes are talking about getting tickets. It seems like Sunday. Good, I didn't realize how close it was. It's like 40 minutes from me. Oh, it's in the Palisades, man. It's right there, uh, right down Sunset Boulevard. And uh, if Tiger makes the cut, Kyle, it's going to be an awesome weekend. So Sunday, we'll be there for that, which will be great. And then Daytona 500, if you're a NASCAR guy. Oh, my mom Sunday is aware. Well. Yeah. She already told me all about it. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah, all my people back in North Carolina are very excited about that. So uh, it's it's a good weekend uh, for sports in general. And uh, Mac McClung, please go win the dunk contest so we can take credit for it. That's what we want. We want we want a positive bump here, a little back-to-back dunk champion. We love to see that. But uh, again, this is One Shining Podcast. Appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll be back on Monday with Kyle Mann. We'll see you then.
Thanks again to our friends at FanDuel. Must be 21 or older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-88-789-7777 or visit CCP org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 